Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show this week. It is a beautiful day here in Vero Beach. I know people are listening all over the country and all over the world, either live or via podcast today. I hope the weather is good where you are, and I want to just give a shout-out and a moment of prayer to the folks in Nashville for those not aware, um, there was a pretty horrible EF3 tornado that ripped through Nashville, and they're still going through the rubble trying to find out what's going on there. So just want to let all of my fans and listeners know in Nashville we are thinking about you and you are in our prayers, and let us know what it is you need that we can help you with. Um, you know, tragedy strikes no matter who you are and where you are, it doesn't worry about how much money you have, how little money you have, how big a house you have, how small a house you have. And as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that anything can happen to derail your focus on your business or sometimes too much focus on your business can cause the derailment in around health and things like that. And I'm really glad to have my guest on today, especially with the news that happened in Nashville and even the coronavirus fears, because I've talked to listeners and friends around the world, and so much has changed for them in their businesses with things outside their control or things that they think are outside their control. And because of it, their um their numbers have changed inside their business. Their valuations have changed. They've lost staff, and, and they've even been unable to work themselves. And I've got a guest on my show today that it's been a while getting him on, and I'm so glad we finally managed to make it happen. My guest is Joe Petrosky. He is somebody that you've probably heard me mention a number of years ago. I was speaking at a conference. The hotel had black mold, and Joe was one of the people that literally helped me go on stage to do the opening keynote and survive in the building for a couple of days. And I couldn't have done it without him and a, a dear friend, Alan Ting. So, Joe, welcome so much to the show today. And I know you have so much to offer all of my listeners. Well, thank you, Laura. I appreciate it. I look forward to this. Yeah, you know, when when we finally set up the date for this, obviously the Nashville tornado had not happened, but there had been a lot of other things going on in the world. And as entrepreneurs, we have a tendency to just get narrow-focused of have to work, have to work, have to work. We need to do this for our staff. We're, we're just doing everything. But yet, there are moments in your life when you realize that a tragedy could strike at any moment and completely change your business and your life. And, and you've had that happen to yourself several times, correct? Uh, yes, exactly. It's actually how I became an energy healer uh, in the first place because I was actually sent home to die um, over 19 years ago. I was ill for six and a half years, and the doctors gave up on me. And it was energy healing that saved my life. That's how I got into it. And then recently... In August, um, I thought I had had something like the flu, and I just wasn't feeling good for about two weeks. And one day, I was absolutely just completely overcome with pain, and it got so bad that I couldn't walk. 
and I had to have my daughter call an ambulance and uh, went to the hospital and they did a CAT scan and they found out that uh, something in my uh, body, in my intestines had burst and I had to have emergency surgery and it took me out of the ability to work for about five and a half months. And so, yes, tragedy can strike and really take us off our path. Is there any one lesson you would say you learned from both of these, you know, horrible medical situations that you've been through? And, you know, I personally myself am so happy that 19 years ago you found the answers to those health issues. But even with that, you being a healer, you still had this tragedy five months ago, which thankfully you were able to recover from. Yes. Yeah. And one thing, uh, people uh, mistakenly think uh, just because we're healers that we're perfect. And um, no, I, I tell people, it's like, God gave me the gift to be able to see into your body and help you. And I asked my friends and colleagues to help me. And um, in the number one lesson that I learned um, is, do I accept myself? In fact, when I was in the hospital for the first four days, anytime I fell asleep, whether it was for 10 minutes or two hours, I had this nightmare, and it kept on asking me, do I accept myself? And it showed me every mistake that I held myself still guilty or had shame around. And it's like, do you accept yourself? And I had to take the time and the opportunity to really look. And it's like, yes, you know what? When I was a young parent, um, I made some mistakes, and I yelled at my daughters too much. Um, and, um, and I was like, you know, I've talked with my girls. I've asked them to forgive me. I've told them that I was wrong. Um, and I let them bring up things. And, um, and so, yes, I do accept myself and it went through and, um, it was a, that was the lesson in both because the first illness I had to be able to tell people, you can't do that around me because if you do that around me, I will become ill. And so, um, if you're going to do that, um, you can't be in my house and you have to leave. And so it's been a long learning experience about accepting myself and with entrepreneurs, like you say, we have a tendency uh, to look at what we're not doing, what we're not good enough, rather than concentrating on our gifts and what, we're, what we are good at. So it's been, a, it's been a long lesson. With your recent illness and your being unable to work, would you say or not say, or, or how did you survive it? You know, had you prepared for this kind of contingency where you wouldn't be able to work for five months? Not at all. In fact, um, I was at a place that I was living in. I was very comfortable, but uh, the landlord uh, had a change of circumstances and needed me to vacate um, of the place that I was living in happily. Um, and I had just moved my daughter from Minnesota down to Florida. And so I had that expense. Um, and we had gone on a little bit of a vacation. And so we had that expense. And then all of a sudden I had to up and move. And, um, and so I had spent, uh, first month, last month security, um, and application fees and all of that. And so that was a sizable amount of money and it ate through about, you know, it ate through a very, very large portion of my reserves. So when I was in the hospital, I was in there for 20 days and I realized, how am I going to pay for rent? And um, it was very scary. It was a very difficult time. And my daughter uh, had actually made a GoFundMe account. And it was the most heartwarming, um, centering, and grounding thing that I've experienced. 
because um, I have a tendency to think that I'm outside and that I'm kind of alone at times, um, uh, especially being such an empath and things. Um, I see the world differently and feel it differently. And all of a sudden, um, I was like, people really, really do care for me. Uh, people I didn't even know, people that I was like, oh, my God, I haven't talked to you in years, uh, were you know, sending me donations. And it was the most amazing thing. But, no, I hadn't planned for it. Um, because of my past illness, I'm not uh, eligible for um, long-term disability insurance. So I didn't have anything like that, no. That's really tough, but... To learn that, well, actually to open yourself up to allow people to help you is mm-hmm. a huge step. I mean, I know personally for myself, it was something that I struggled with and really until mom passed away. And then the sound-induced vertigo hit me for almost the last two years now where I couldn't just do on my own. You know, I couldn't be strong all the time anymore and I just really needed to accept help Mm -hmm. what did you have to do or even ask yourself to allow that opening for yourself um I cried (laughs) okay there's Um, nothing wrong with crying it's very healing (laughs) yeah exactly except when you have a 10 inch you know cut down the center of your belly oh yeah uh um but um, I, when I was in that place, um, the fact that my daughter, you know, uh, took it upon herself to do this um, without asking, and then when people came forward, um, it was really one way that God was showing me that it's like, you know what, we are all one. We are all in this game together. And even though we think that I have to do this and I have to do that, it's like, no, it's like we're, we're here to help each other. And I was... Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I was a kid, um, I had a lot of abuse, um, and I was told and yelled at you know, voraciously um, about how I wasn't good enough. I was so different. I was so weird. And when you look back at it, I probably was. I probably was psychic. I probably was having some ADHD. And so I was always ostracized in school at home. And all of a sudden, uh, the world and God showed me, no, you're not alone. And it was it has opened my heart. It has opened me to see, and it's made me feel more of a community. And that was such a huge lesson because as an entrepreneur, we're basically, it's your, it's your responsibility. You have to do it. If you don't do it, who will? And, um, and all of a sudden I was like, wow, this isn't an alone game. And the level of love and healing that's simply the receiving part. Um, I it, it, it really shook me, and it opened me up in ways that I haven't ever been. Um, it was a level of love uh, that God and the world had has for me that is so cool, um, if that makes sense. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I've been there. I, I've not had a GoFundMe done for me, and I don't know how I missed that because I would have totally donated to that, Joe. Um, but it is something that, a lot of us, not just entrepreneurs, we tend to think we're siloed, that we are alone, we're the only mm-hmm. one that can do something. And I know when I ran my tech company, I often felt the weight of it that, you know, if that I needed to take care of all of my staff 
all of my clients and that none of my staff could do it as well as I could, which I know is not the truth anymore, right? And I, I learned that mm-hmm. while I was running it, but I felt that weight of yeah. the responsibility of it and no advice could penetrate through that almost wall that I had to put up in order to have the strength every morning to wake up and figure out what's next to keep everything running. Mm-hmm. When you couldn't anymore do that, I mean, or, or did, like this last five months, I mean, 19 years ago had its own issue. You were in a different kind of career than you are now. But over the course of the last five months, were you trying to figure out how to build business or was, I know you were so sick. I mean, how could you even generate revenue or take care of anything? Um, well, that's the thing. I couldn't. And, you know, and it's interesting because as a healer, when I realized that I had this gift, I took on such a you know responsibility um, that I wanted to help people. And I never really felt the toll because I really wanted to help people. I never felt the toll that I felt uh, that it had on me until when I tried, uh, a friend of mine was really in bad straits. I was in my home and she called me up and I'm like, you know, I was like, okay, she's really doing bad. She, you know, I was like, I got to try and help her. And it was the worst thing that I'd ever done. Um, I couldn't believe it. I was like, all I was doing was energy work, but, um, it made me so much worse, um, that I ended up having to go into morphine again because of the pain level. And I tried, you know, a couple of times afterwards, and it really took a toll. Um, and so I had to come to a point where I didn't do anything. And people say, well, you had all that time, you should have read. And I'm just like, okay, hold on a second. You don't realize what it's like to be on morphine or oxycodone and um, make sounds like an elephant when you get up and sit down because the pain level is so high. Um, and so for five months, I really couldn't do much. I, you know, I, I had ideas at times, I had thoughts, but I, I couldn't, I didn't have the energy. And my doctor grabbed me one time because I, um, literally what it was is I was trying to help my daughter and we got in, in and out of the car three different times. And, um, the next, uh, day I ended up in the emergency room because the pain level was so high and my doctor grabbed me by the arm. And he pulled me, and he looked at me eye to eye, and he says, slow down. And I'm thinking, all I did was get in and out of the car. But um, I had to slow down, um, and I really had to take the time. And I prayed a ton, I meditated a ton, I slept, and um, I had to let people do stuff. I couldn't carry the groceries. Um, And it was very humbling, but it was also very rewarding in some ways to let other people care for me because I've always been the doer. And so it was very humbling, but it was also something that in, whether it's in business, we sit there, like you had talked about, you know, you had to do it. You're the only one that could do it so well. Well, we get to allow other people to help us out and we get to ask. And, um, when I was in the construction business, it'd be something where I would be dumbfounded and I'd be stuck on a project and my buddy would come by that was also in the business and he'd say, hey, did you try this? And it's like, no, <laughs> um, I never thought of it. And so we get to open ourselves up to what else is possible. Who might know besides me? Um, and who can I ask? Um, and sometimes it's just waiting in silence. Um, 
and we get to do that. And it was a real big learning experience, and it still is because I'm not back to complete health yet or complete strength. So it's yeah. I, I as I was listening to what you were saying, these thoughts were going through my head of of how I did things when you know I had all my staff and everything, and if I could have let go some of that tension in my own body and mind and delegated more to uplift Mm -hmm. more of the people that worked for me, what level could it have taken my business to? And, of course, that always means you have to have the right people in the right seats on the bus, as they say, you know, inside your business. But it's just hard to let go. It is, and um, there's a book that I absolutely love, and I believe completely in its uh, the reason. And it's called Strength Finder 2.0. Oh, I had and, Lisa Cummings on two weeks ago. Okay, yeah, she's well, a I big uh, Strength Finders consultant. Okay, yeah. Uh, and to me, the concept is just fabulous because it basically says, okay, um, you know, you wouldn't take a violin player and make the violin player be as good of a basketball player as Michael Jordan. And you wouldn't take Michael Jordan and look at him, uh, you know, in, with disrespect because he can't, can't play the violin. But as people, we sit there and we try and make ourselves be the best bookkeeper or the best marketer or whatever when that's not our skill set. And that strength finder, I love it because what ends up happening is we as people, we take our skills and when we come out of need, our skills actually become deficits. And uh, because, for example, I'm a believer. Well, what that means is, is I really want to uh, hear what you believe in, and I want to share what I believe in so we can better the world. Well, if I'm in need, I come in and it's kind of like, please believe me, please believe me. And so instead of coming from my strength, I come from weakness. And so what I ask people to do is look at the things that you're really good at, what your talents are, concentrate on those, and then see how the rest can get done. And if you can't afford to pay somebody to do the rest, at least honor yourself and know that you're excellent in something, but you might not be excellent in bookkeeping or marketing. Or you know, so give yourself that break and honor what you are, who you are, and then how you show up in the world. Because how we be and show up in the world, that makes everything happen. And it's amazing what can fall into place when we honor who we really, really are and how we be for ourselves and others. Because if we show up with love and compassion and connectedness and uh, earnestness and honesty and integrity, it's amazing what can happen. It's so, so true. But yet as entrepreneurs so many times, we just get so focused. I, I hear this from my listeners all the time. Well, but if I don't do it, it'll never get done. Mm-hmm. And here you were in a situation where, and you don't have staff, but you couldn't get anything done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's something that really bothers me. I'm actually listening to somebody that's, uh, you know, a tremendous, you know, a financial success. And I was listening to that person and one of his partners selling and basically about how we're going to help you become better. And the way that they were talking is just like these people, they focus on the negative and they focus on what you can't do. And they do all these micro cells throughout 
this thing. And it's basically, it's like, do you see how you're not good enough? Do you see how you're not good enough? Do you see how you're good enough? You, you know? And I'm just like, I, I almost wanted to puke. Um, and uh, I was actually working with somebody that is just like, well, you have to do this. And you have to do this. And that wasn't my skill set, and I wasn't good at it. And I wanted to learn something else. And the focus was on these other things. And I didn't stick to my intuition, and I didn't stick to my strengths. And that's how, literally, I was giving myself so much crap, and I was taking so much crap for somebody else. But that's why, you know, my colon ended up bursting, because of all the years of me taking other people's crap and not getting rid of it and not letting it go and not being nicer to myself and not being truthful to myself for the things that I have done good. So I tell people, it's like, what is it that you're good at? And concentrate. Because uh, there was something that you had said that reminded me of a little baby. When a baby is born, there's nobody that says, oh, my God, this one's horrible. This one's defective. Just throw it away. When a baby is being held, it's like we see it as a gift and we see it as a miracle. We're still that gift. We're still that miracle. But we let it be talked away, shamed away. And we, it's like, no, it's like, we have to be able to see that beauty, that magnificence, that awesomeness that somebody once saw in us. And when we do that, that's when we really connect to the flow. Uh, whether you listen to Abraham Hicks or whether you listen to religious texts, when we feel that love, we feel that flow, that's when magnificent things can happen in our life, our love life, our career life, and ourselves. When we lose it, look at me. <laughs> Learn from me. Don't do what I did. Yeah, you had you who were a healer and has been through, you know, like crazy um, things that have happened to you. You somehow still managed to internalize a lot of what was happening to and around you, mm-hmm. and and even yeah. for you. And because of it, because you weren't acknowledging it, because you didn't see it, you didn't feel it, you didn't realize it. Um, it took the the cement truck hit to you instead of just the feather or the two by four, as I call it, when you because mm-hmm. you weren't listening enough to your body yeah. to the early warning signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had somebody that I was working with in my business, and we were working with each other, uh, you know, day in and day out. And um, I've come to find out that there's a thing called. Um, uh, covert passive aggressive narcissism and where what that is is the person can say wonderful fabulous things about you but then uh, they will whittle uh, you away bit by bit by saying the negative things and the horrible things and for me I was sitting there it's like I want to improve I want to be better and I was taking all the criticism too much um, and you know in the times that I was really you know upset um, I said it sometimes but I didn't say it enough, and I didn't say, you know what, this just isn't working. Um, I just kept, uh, I went back to my old programming, that there's something wrong with me, I'm not enough, um, and I internalized it too much. And um, uh, I had three different instances like that because I actually did a volunteer uh, uh, thing where I was working with another group, and um, they, you know, came at me as well, and they have since come back to me and apologized. But... It was basically a, um, a perfect storm um, where I just was on myself too much, giving myself too much crap, taking too much from others, not getting enough rest, and that's going to end up happening. So I tell people, 
every single day, some way, somehow, you've got to be able to remember something that's good about you. And since this time, um, I have a heart on my mirror in my bedroom. Uh, and so before I go to sleep, I see that heart. And I basically, it's like, okay, hey, three things at least. Uh, three things about me that were loving or amazing today. Okay, uh, and that's a look- perfect way. Welcome back, everybody. If you missed the first half of the show, um, you can catch it on podcast anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you are listening to this already on the podcast, it was an immediate right after. You never even heard the national news. Um, I would love it if you're listening to the show on podcast, if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show. It would mean so much to me, and it helps us get found. It really does. Plus, it means so much to me to hear from you, my listeners, about what you love about the show, what you'd like to see improved about the show. You know, I do this show because of you, because I want to help you shift your perspectives and and meet some amazing people that I've met in my life or get introduced to through other people that make me think, that make me learn new questions to ask, new ways of thinking of things, because, you know, as I've always said on this show... If you don't ask the right questions, the answers you get don't matter. And my guest today, Joe Petrosky, really asks amazing questions of himself and his clients and, you know, just of the world in general. And, Joe, you know, the first half of the show we were talking about you recovering from five months of, you know, a devastating, devastating um, illness that made you have to start asking other people for help. And, you know, 19 years ago, you were sent home to die by doctors, and you met some amazing healer who helped heal you and and cure you of that illness. And now you yourself are an energy healer and have helped so many people, including myself. Um, And you and I are going to start working together again. We had just talked about to try to help me through this nightmare which there's some blessing in it, I'm sure. I'm still trying to figure out all those blessings from sound-induced vertigo. I can tell you one blessing, Joe. Um, I met amazing people at Mercedes in Melbourne who helped me finally find a car I could drive. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just going to give a shout-out to to Josh uh, Boudreau and, and to Mike and, and the finance department who... Had you sign all the pieces of paper at Mercedes of Melbourne? Didn't drive to the studio today because my symptoms were just too, too up. But um, you know, it's little things sometimes that you don't realize that can stop you, like not being able to drive mm-hmm. to to yeah. get to somewhere. I mean, I people are like, Laura, you've been suffering for two years. How come you haven't written two more books? I, I couldn't even focus to think on it, as you said, you went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those kind of things, um, and it's one of it's something that in society, where um, illnesses shame so badly, um, and not being perfect is shame so badly, and everything is about the work ethic and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, and people don't know what they don't know, and so when people like you or I go through something. Um, uh, they see us as lazy. They see us as you know, um, you know, non-industrious. Whatever. They don't realize that you've had people and doctors, and I've had doctors. I had told you that you know the doctor grabbed me, looked at me, and told me to slow down. 
And I was like, how on earth do you slow a turtle down, is what I was thinking. Right. Um, and uh, it's something that we have to be able to uh, give ourselves credit. We have to be able to really listen to ourselves. And we're not taught to listen to ourselves. We're not taught to listen to the small cues. We're not taught to listen to our body until all of a sudden we have something and we need care. And so it's, uh, we really get to listen and honor ourselves and those around us to be able to help each other more. It's uh, become too much of a struggle, struggle, struggle. And we get to support and we get to love. And, and I tell people, when you see your people, uh, whoever they are, even if it's the person at the grocery store, um, how can you positively affect them in any way and I had the nurses and the doctors like how can you smile how can you be so upbeat when you're in so much pain because I was pumping that morphine pump like crazy Uh, (laughs) it would only allow me to do it every eight minutes but you know sometimes um, I would be starting to pump it at four minutes or six minutes because the pain level and they would say how can you be so positive and I looked at them and was like what's the option you know and um, certainly at times, you know, I would be, you know, I, I would cry because the pain was so bad. Um, and I would, you know, be grumpy. Um, and um, my daughter even challenged me. And she goes, Dad, I can hear you breathe. She goes, for God's sake, would you be grumpy? She goes, would you, treat me like, would you treat me like crap? She goes, I can hear you're breathing bad. So you're in a lot of pain. So be honest. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, so it's, it's very interesting how we are when we're trying to, put up a front uh, or, you know, instead of being honest. Right. And there are times that you, you need to put up a front, um, mm-hmm. but at some point you have to be honest with yourself. Even if you're not showing it to the outside world, uh, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, who's been on the show many times, she talks about how you have to let those feelings process through, and typically it takes about 90 seconds. So if you're angry, just feel the anger for 90 seconds. Feel the pain. Feel the happiness. Feel whatever it may be. Let it really wash through you, especially the, the stronger emotions that we tend to think of as negative. But really no emotion is a negative emotion uh, unless you let it control you mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, when I was in the hospital, I didn't see that much pain. Um, uh, it's extremely frightening um, to be, uh, because I couldn't do anything. I'm typically the one, if you work harder, it'll get done faster, and if you work harder, it'll, everything will be okay. And I couldn't do that. And then when I was in the hospital, um, I ended up uh, contracting a very, very serious infection um, after the surgery. And um, it's amazing how it affects your mind, and it's amazing, and um, those moments of being in that terror um, were really, really difficult. Um, but I had a friend uh, that came and visited me, and she says, Joe, she goes, I can tell you're in pain. She goes, let me just hold your hand. And she goes, you know, tell me your emotions. And, um, you know, and this wasn't even like an inner circle friend. Um, and I was just like, oh, my God, you know. And uh, it was so powerful because I let out the, you know, just some few tears. And it helps so much just to have that moment of honesty and that moment of compassion from somebody. It was just so powerful. Now, you're able to begin working again. 
Yes. What's that been like for you to step back in, and what would be the piece of advice you'd give to my listeners to help them work through that for themselves or to prepare for it even if in case it ever happens to them? Hopefully it never does. <laughs> what I've been telling people is um, really look at yourself day to day. And like I said, if you can't look at that heart and, what, uh, you know, the heart, I tell people put a post-it note or put an acronym. If you're going to have something at work, because work is really stressful, put up something that you see that whenever you look at it, maybe it's a statue, maybe it's a card, maybe it's a picture of something, and that you know whenever you look at that that you're supposed to say something positive about yourself. And if you can't, if you really are having difficulty, reevaluate what it is that you're pushing yourself to do. Maybe you're not supposed to be the one person working on that project because it's outside your skill set. There's no problem with being you know, honest if you're in a good corporation be able to say, I need some assistance with this, or could you assign this to a different group, let me have a different task, to be able to be honest like that. Um, and then the other thing is, is looking at people, we are here for a short time, even if it's 83 years or 93 years, that's a short time in the long run. And if you're in a relationship and you can't be honest and you're not feeling supported uh, with your person, please take the time to look at it, fix it, or change it. Um, because I only deal with people that are sick or people that want to feel uh, happiness and joy and peace in their life. And it's very interesting that people will come, and uh, especially women, they will force themselves to stay in a relationship, to work it through, and it's like, okay, you've tried and you've tried. And if your partner's not matching your efforts, um, if you're not working on this together, um, give yourself the love to be able to help you. Um, I see it too much where people are in wrong jobs, wrong relationships, because they're forcing themselves to have to. And it kills people. Um, and even though you may not be dead, even though you may not be in a hospital, where is your joy? Where is your love? And when you look at it, are you able to bring the gift that God gave you? Are you able to even bring that to the world anymore? Because if we're pushing ourselves in wrong job situations or wrong relationships, we're not bringing the best of ourselves to the world. And that's what we're here for. We're not here to work for the corporation. We're here to bring our gift to the world, our love, our compassion, our joy, um, our talents. And we have to be able to see, are we doing that? Because oftentimes we're not, because we're doing the wrong thing. We're pushing ourselves to do something that we shouldn't. Is there something you ask yourself each day to help you check in with how you are feeling and how you're doing? I know at the end of the day, you look at the heart and you, you, ask, you, know, you say what's great about yourself, but is there something you ask to make sure that you're checking in with your health and your emotions? Um, what I do is when I, um, when I first wake up, um, as soon as I first wake up, uh, I literally say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and sometimes I'll switch it up to, I am so grateful. And I'll do that at least 10 times. And sometimes I'll do it longer. And if I can't get through that, um, I look to see what it is. What's my fear? And so, because if I'm concentrating on my goal, which is to feel grateful for whatever I have, 
if I am concentrating on that and I can't feel it, I'm going to hear that I'm uncomfortable about this or I'm uncomfortable about that. So it'll tell me and, and it'll help me see. And for example, I was to go uh, do something with a friend of mine and I was going to support her. And when I was, uh, it was like, you know what? I, I just can't do this. I, d- I don't know why. I just can't do this because I was saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I felt this rough spot. I was just like, I wasn't feeling the gratitude. And so when I got into silence, I could feel that I had to stop that. So I ask people, if you're going to go on a date, if you're going to go on a job interview, if you're going to do a task, just think about that task. Think about the date. Think about whatever it is. And if you don't feel great, um, and if we have the time, what, what I do is I tell people, think about three things. Whenever you think about them, they make you feel fantastic. First time I held my uh, uh, brand new baby daughter, uh, a time when I was in the Swiss Alps, a time when I was scuba diving. Those three things make me feel terrific whenever I think about them. And then if I think about going on a date, it's like, hmm, bang, that doesn't feel like scuba diving. You know, uh, or it doesn't feel like, you know, like definitely not feeling like holding my baby. Then I cancel the date. I call up and I say, hey, I, you know, I, I changed my mind. Um, if there's a work project and I feel it and it's just like, you know what, I, I don't feel anything like the Swiss Alps, then I know that I don't do that project. And so that's something that I've gotten back into before ending up in the hospital. I stopped asking myself that. So now what I do is I think about those three things that make me feel terrific whenever I think about it. And then I compare the three And if it isn't there, then I don't do it. Okay. I want to expand on that a little bit because I know for myself sometimes, um, you know, when I think on things like that, I'm like, yeah, no, I shouldn't do that. But sometimes if you push through it, you get to the other side and you go, oh, that was really great. I'm so glad I pushed through that. So how do you know that line when perhaps it's fear or discomfort stopping you from doing something versus your your gut instinct going, no, don't bring that client on board, which are a couple of times in my career I wished I had not, or um, or otherwise, don't hire that employee or fire that employee or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is I, I still take those three instances where I feel terrific, and when I look at it, for example, um, there's you know some paperwork that uh, I get to do, and I get to rewrite some of my um, uh, coaching programs and some of my coaching agreements. I get to rewrite them because I'm changing and I'm adding. And when I look at it, it's like, well, it don't feel good. <laughs> but when I look at it and I compare it, um, it, it's kind of like looking at those three things that make me feel good, but looking through them like uh, sunglasses or a dirty windshield. Um, and so I still see them, but they don't make me feel nauseous. They don't make me feel like uh, a real push away. And so then I realize that it's like, okay, it is in my highest good to uh, endure this and to go through with it. And, uh, for example, when I think about preparing my taxes, um, do I feel any of those? And, um, and I look at it, and they're subdued, but the, all of the three images and the three feelings are there, just not the way I typically do it. So I think if you look at it um, that way, uh, you'll be able to see, like, if you think about one and you want to regurgitate, then it's like, okay, I probably shouldn't hire that client. But if you think about it um, and you see it kind of a little bit uh, bulky, just a little bit, you'll probably say, hmm, there might be something in this personality that's a little bit different than mine that might be good. And it may be somebody that will challenge you, but it'll be for the good process. So 
that that's how I like to do it. Um, there could be a fine line between challenge and oh, I made a bad decision. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things too is um, uh, you know even with Nashville um, or something like that, um, uh, we, there's always ebbs and flows in life. Um, in every everything in nature. Uh, expands and contracts, expands and contracts. And we expect ourselves to just expand, 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 expand. And it's like, why would we be any different than every single thing else in nature? Every single thing else in nature has expansion and contraction. And we think that we have to be that one thing that is different. And I tell people, it's like, no, you know, when we have these things uh, that are mistakes, that are tragedies, whatever, we get to learn from it and we get to make differences. And um, if I happen to like wood, I love wood, I love woodwork, and you can see when a branch is broken on a tree and then somebody makes it into a piece of furniture, that injury, that wound is actually a gorgeous part of that woodwork. And, you know, and there's other things in nature when we look um, that um, things that are supposedly like the forest fires, the forest fires were a tragedy, a tragedy. But the forest floor is going to come back with new growth, new life, and it's going to be in a new and better way for a while. And so out of the tragedy can come beauty. And we get to look at that with ourselves, too. I love that. That's such a beautiful way of looking at it, and I think at the bottom of all of that is we have to allow. Mm-hmm. We have to allow the new birth to happen, the rebirth, the the struggle to alter us in some way, and mm-hmm. to make us stronger instead of to bring us completely down. And I know for some of my listeners out there, you you know, they may be going through some struggles where they can't see to the other side, where they can't see a possibility of their business coming out the other side or their health coming out of the other side. What would be your advice to them, Joe? You know, um, I, I don't really care what the religious beliefs are because every society used to say this in one form or another. Where two or more are gathered in belief, it shall happen unto them. And this life is supposed to be a team sport. We are supposed to be able to help each other. And the whole thing, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and stuff like that, uh, it was a thing that wasn't built of a positivity, unfortunately. Um, people use it to try and give people guts and strength and stuff like that, which is great. But we also get to be able to ask for help. Um, when I was sick and dying and everything like that, I tried everything under the sun. I did everything that everybody could, but I, I kept on relying and trying, and all of a sudden, bam, something happened, and I became miraculously healthy, even though the Mayo Clinic said, lights out, dude. Um, I, I continued to ask and help for help, and I tell people, we aren't supposed to do this alone. So if you're sick, don't see it. You know, or if your business is uh, hurting, do not see it as failure for asking for help. You know, um, even Jesus, when he was walking, you know, it's like, okay, he fell down. Somebody else carried the cross for a bit. You know, it was like, I mean, uh, he wasn't going to a good ending. But um, we get to be able to ask for help. In, you know, the Africa thing, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, um, 
in Native American culture, Native American culture, they had somebody that was the best at building canoes. They had somebody else that was the best at you know making baskets. They had somebody else that was the best at finding you know the food and foraging through the woods. Somebody else that was a hunter. We get to be able to have that kind of help in us. We don't and never ever should think that we have to do it alone. Oh, I love that. So how do people find you, Joe? How do they reach out to you if they need help or need a little lift? My email is profoundpowerjoe at gmail.com. Again, it's profoundpower at gmail.com. My phone number is 651-755-6027. And I always offer people a 20-minute free consultation because the work that I do is very, very different than what most people uh, experience. And I just, in the last two days, worked with two different healers, and they're like, oh, my God, it is so nice to find somebody that's my caliber, you know, or higher. Um, And so I let people call me and ask me all the questions that they would like so they can make a comfortable decision for themselves to see if they want to have a healing session or if they want to have coaching with me. Okay, and you said profoundpowerjoe at gmail.com. And the phone number again? Is... 651-755-6027. And I know they can find you on social media as well. And, you know, you've kind of posted everything that's going on, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, and I've been looking at the vulnerability, and um, and I've talked about some of the stuff, and I talked about that dream of can I accept myself. Even when I was a bump on the bed and couldn't make a dime and I couldn't help anybody, can I accept myself? And so I talk about that because um, I know what it's like to be in that fear and that doubt and that shame. We don't need to be there. And so I believe in helping everybody else in a positive way to get through it. And at the same time, taking care of yourself because you can't just keep helping everybody else at the expense of yourself. Dixie, Dixie Gillespie, I don't know if you follow her on social media. She's been on my show. I just love and adore her. She's been off social media for months, and she just posted today that for the first time in months, she felt like she has overflow that she can give. Because you're never supposed to give from your reserves. You're mm-hmm. supposed to give when you have overflow. If you don't build up your own health, your own being, and then you, you know, it's like put your own oxygen mask on first. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's something that I really have regulated a lot, how I work. Um, and I've given myself permission to take time off, um, even though I supposedly should be working. Um, I take time off to allow myself to heal, allow myself to regenerate. And, um, and I look at it, you know, Thoreau was an excellent person about this. Um, he would walk in the woods. To get recharged and then he would write about it and inspire other people and so for me by chilling out and taking time I can be there for others and um, one of the things that it's crazy but being more relaxed has brought me so much more joy because I was always um, the overachiever the working um, my daughter was pointing out one time I was helping her out and it was 3.30 in the morning. We were working since 4 in the afternoon at this uh, event that she was doing. And she pointed at all of her friends that were 18, 19, and 23 sitting on the sidelines. She says, 57. <laughs> well, number 57 um, isn't always going to be the one working the hardest anymore. Um, I get to relax and I get to take breaks too. 
Good for you, and I know you were originally supposed to drive into the radio station today, and I'm so glad that you said, no, Laura, I need to call in, because that said to me you were taking care of yourself. And me, too. I, I didn't drive in today, even though I really wanted to. I, I knew the best thing for me was to call in, as long as you don't call in life, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, um, and it's amazing, because here you took care of you, I took care of me, and it still worked out perfectly. And we get to be able to uh, have those things. Um, and, um, and it's amazing, because uh, um, I was telling a friend of mine, you know, hey, I can't do that. And um, uh, all of a sudden, I hear a knock on the door, and it was my friend. And I said, hey, what's up? And she said, hey. She goes, I could hear in your voice that you needed support. And um, I was going to be driving by anyway, so I stopped by. And she brought me a couple of meals and, you know, sat with me, you know, for about 10, 10 12 minutes at the most. Uh, kissed me on the cheek and said goodbye. You know? <laughs> I love and, that. And, and we're about to head out, Joe, so I want to thank you so much for being on the air today. And uh, I'll, I'll call you after the show. And I think that's a perfect way to end. Everybody, what can you do for somebody in your life that may not be speaking up and needs some help? little thing, a knock on the door, a phone call, or a meal. Thanks, everybody. And remember, the right questions can change your life. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 